The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. episode and is that sleigh bells i can hear yes it is because it's almost christmas time hooray yes we're almost at the end of the year and so we are doing our customary couple of christmas films to celebrate the first of which you at home the audience chose we asked for nominations and the christmas film that you have selected is the long kiss good night now uh, Yes. <laughs> Not the last kiss goodnight, as I keep calling it. Uh, the long kiss goodnight. Uh, we are joined, as always, by someone who has seen this film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Dr. Ellen Sears. Hi, Stephen. Happy Christmas, Dr. Ellen. Thank you. Uh, are you enjoying the, the festive um, holiday time so far? I would be enjoying it more if it was less hot, because we live in Australia and mm-hmm. it's like 40 degrees. A lot of the time, and I'm not happy about that. I would much rather be somewhere cold and snowy for Christmas. Yes. And just in general. Too bad, because there's a global (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. Um, The the Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, Yeah. What do you know about this film? I know that apparently it's a Christmas film and Gina Davis is in it. I know literally nothing else. That is my frame of reference. Okay. That's it. What do you think is the longest kiss you've ever done? That's that's my go-to question for this this (laughs) one. So watch out. It's coming to you, Rob. Um... I don't know. I've never exactly gone out of my way to time any kisses that I've had. Mm. I've never like been like, let's see how long we can do this for. But there, so. are, there are those like world record. Like, yeah, and, and it's like long, multiple days, multiple days worth of stuff. Yeah, I feel like you That's just get very dehydrated. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd have be- to have like a little straw to like suck down protein shakes in between so you didn't die. Go to the toilet. Yeah, you'd be wearing diapers for this, Rob. That's yeah. that's how it would go. Get a shiwi. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> luckily, I don't think this film is about the longest kiss in the world. Uh, or shiwis. Or shiwis. <laughs> but to uh, confirm that, we have our guest who has seen the film, and it's a Merry Christmas to Robert Woods. Hello. Uh, Hello. How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, about a seven. Uh, Robert, you have seen The Long Kiss Goodnight. I have seen this film. So in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way for people like myself and Ellen who have not seen the film, what's it about? Oh man, the less you know about it going in, the better I oh. find because... Okay, I'm set then. <laughs> because it's... Um, I will say it is a Shane Black movie and Shane Black was one of those uh, great uh, early 90s sprung up um he wrote lethal weapon and then kind of created that very 90s action comedy style okay that so many people tried to uh tried to um imitate yeah Yeah. exactly so this is an action comedy christmas film so yeah he makes action comedy christmas films like pretty much every single film he's made has been set during christmas um, it's just a thing he does. He he likes setting films during Christmas because of the the, the heightened 
intensity um, of all intensity the of it, the, the timeline of it, um, and because Christmas time, people that are lonely are feeling lonelier. People that mm. are, uh, uh, and and it's uh, the bad characters and the good characters are all experiencing the festive season together at the same time. It's something that unifies them all no matter what's going on so it's a fun thing that he just has in the background of all of his films that so they're christmas all... is like a unifying factor yeah mm. it's a it's a strange filmography but it's fun it even is in iron man mm. 3 is set it during christmas because shane yeah. Black directed it <laughs> oh yes okay that makes sense mm. yeah um okay. robert uh longest kiss you've experienced the longest kiss i've experienced now i don't know if it counts if it's on stage yeah, yeah but, sure. So I won Snogathon 2004 at the University Dramatic Society of Western Australia <laughs> for doing for being in a production that my friends directed called Play On, hmm. which is kind of like a noises off sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and in it, there's a scene where my character, who is a, a young community theatre actor, and an actress who um, is has a love scene together or like a, a romantic scene and then mm. they, and they make out and um, the, the actors playing those characters are flirting with each other. Mm. And when it finally gets to the night of the performance of this murder mystery play that they're putting on, um, they, <laughs> they just kiss for way too long. And <laughs> they, and we ended up like, so we start kissing on a couch and then we like, roll around the couch and then over the table and then we rolled onto a rug and then we roll up in the rug (laughs) kissing like it became this like huge physical comedy set piece thing Mm. and um it was weird because um we we're we're both uh we're both attracted to the same gender (laughs) the the actress and i so so but but we were like it was fun it was really Mm. fun doing doing that with uh someone who was game to just like go really physical with it and just be ridiculous. Sometimes you, you never know where a question's going to lead. Uh, That's much more interesting than any of mine would have yeah. been, which would have been like, all of my main kisses have been with you, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's a much better story. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and so at the end of the year, the, the, the Drama Society Awards, they made a special award just, just for that. <laughs> and we both won it. Amazing. And I've still got the, the dolly. It's like this, this like... Barbie doll spray painted gold <laughs> stuck in a plank that's of wood. So good! <laughs> that oh, brilliant. that's well, amazing. Well, uh, with that image in your head, listeners, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shall we watch the long kiss goodnight? Yeah, go on. Let's do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to die screaming, mother. <laughs> as we watch the long kiss goodnight. Oh, is that the tagline for this one? Oh, I'm no, so excited. I just pull up quotes and I'm going <laughs> through the quotes and that's the only one that I felt like I could say. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it, I'm more excited for this movie now. I mean, the other one... Action, comedy, The other one Christmas. I wanted to say was, uh, suck my dick, every one of you bastards. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Your reading of it is so delightful. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has no context exactly. for it. <laughs> it's a cold read. It's a cold read. <laughs> everybody we 
long kiss goodnight. And by we, I of course mean Robert Woods and Dr. Ellen Sears. Ellen, that was your first time watching The Long Kiss Goodnight. What did you think of it? What a romp. I don't know what it is about me coming and watching films that I've never seen here at your house that you love, Rob, and me being like, that was friggin' great. Yay, I'm, I'm glad. This I'm is glad. the second time, because the last time was Speed Racer, which I was like, I have no idea what this is. And then I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Same thing again. Really enjoyed it. It was, yeah, not what I was expecting. Yeah. But it was great. I'll be honest. Um, it, it wasn't what I was expecting as well. But then about halfway through... I started getting flashbacks to other Shane Black films and then was like, right. oh no, this is exactly what I should have this been expecting. This is exactly expecting. what a Shane Black yeah. film is. Um, Rob, when did you last watch this film? Oh, it would have been um, uh, maybe five or six years ago when I got the got it on Blu-ray. Mm. Um, but I have not watched it on a nice, big, shiny screen before. Mm. Um, I think I grew up watching it you know, on VHS on TV and it was interesting watching it now... And uh, especially those those last few moments, um, there's a bunch of like miniature shots and, and composites that you know I never would have noticed as a kid mm. watching it on VHS, but seeing it on the big on screen, a like big oh screen. wow, yeah, yeah, and the graininess, well, those explosions, of, yeah, yeah, the graininess of some of the shots, um, and like, I oh. and I love that, I love that, it's mm. really nostalgic for me. It's mm. such a, a '90s, mid '90s kind of. It was film. a very mid '90s vibe. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the story uh, is that it's Christmas, guys, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's Christmas everywhere around the world, including in small town USA in the middle of nowhere, where uh, a school teacher named Samantha um, gets into a bit of a car accident, driving home a, a drunk man that tries to grope her, and um, crashes into a deer and then into a tree, and she knocks her head as she is propelled from the car, and it reawakens some memories she has established retrograde amnesia yeah she's established as having retrograde amnesia and can only remember back about eight years um so she's only ever known this this small school town life and i'm realizing this almost sounds like a hallmark film in reverse where they take the character from a hallmark (laughs) Mm. christmas film and throw them into the big city with samuel l jackson it's like uh, the christmas prince with a vengeance it's Yeah. yeah she she realizes that she has all these skills you know she's very good with a knife uh, even though she keeps insisting chefs do that when she's like throwing <laughs> knives at people. Mm, um, and then her and uh, this PI named Mitch, played by Samuel L. Jackson, have to go on a uh, cross country yeah, road trip. Cross country and... road trip. Odd yeah. couple road trip. Yeah. Just like it, patented Shane Black stuff. Yeah, it, it's a bunch of um, sort of like American film tropes. Yeah done really well that yeah. that's the thing is there's like, quite a like they, mm. there's quite a lot of kind of shubs sub genres in there of yeah. like the the buddy cop comedy yeah. and then the the, the thriller, detective thriller, the thriller thing, fbi and then or after you yeah minority report the terrorist type thing. action movie yeah as yeah, well as yeah. the christmas <laughs> yeah I, I almost kind of would, would have loved to have seen this film done as a pure noir i'd love for somebody to take it now but make it appeal because it, it feels like that as well. It, it borrows all these elements, and I think it it blends them it blends them together quite well for mm. me. But I can also see when watching this, there were times when I was going, "Where is this film going? What are we? What flavor well, are we today?" That's kind of like why I didn't want to say, anything say about too it. much yeah, about yeah, it before yeah. going in because um, because I do remember the joy of watching this for the first time yeah. and seeing Gina Davis. Um, uh, kill that deer by twisting its head and just being like whoa what what's going on yeah 
It, I mean, it, she, she gets to kill a lot of people by twisting their heads and discovering this film. It's in that gleeful that 90s action kill, way. I love the guy that she kills with the pie. Like, just smashes the plate on his face and then licks it up and he's like... Yeah, and I love that they clearly established, like, that she could have chosen a knife mm. or the pie and she's looking between them and she deliberately decides for the pie. Mm. She think that's the that's the, that's the better death. I mean, for this some guy. of those really heavy pie dishes, you would do a lot of damage if you hit somebody in the head with them because that was probably like a stoneware pie dish, man. Yeah, you could smash somebody's skull in with that. There's there's actually uh, <laughs> watching it thinking there's there's a lot of uh, all of all of like the squibs. And all of the yeah. explosions and the the like the shotgun shots in this are so massive. Mm. Yeah, when he They're shoots like, the wall the, and it blows and out it just, half yeah, the wall of the house. It's like, oh, it's, it's how many people comical. got yeeted out of windows and holes <laughs> and through in signs things. and then into yeah. trees. And oh, I feel like we should have been keeping a tally. I know there was a lot <laughs> it's because so she fun. It's she just so chucked her out. Like it was like, oh, this side of the house has been blown out with a shotgun. I'm gonna yeet my child out of this hole into. The bloody thing. Although the other thing that made me laugh was the fact that there were all these conveniently placed like soft things to land on, Piles like the of pile snow. of sand, mm, pile snow, of snow, yeah. the tree, <laughs> um, ice, like going through the into going the, through the ice. The I mean, she did, she did clever. shoot that. Yeah. I, I that like was the, clever. The shooting the thin yeah. ice, and they set that up beautifully as well mm. because you went past and you could see the sign, which is like thin yeah. ice. And I was like, oh, okay, they did that really well. They sort of set up like basically they sort of put a bunch of puzzle pieces out and went. You know where this is going to yeah, go, yeah. but just wait until we get there. I love, the and thin I ice loved, one, uh, yeah, I I love getting to put those puzzle pieces together. I feel like we both read as first time viewers, Ellen, that we both read the thin ice one as up. Oh, they're walking on thin ice because they're going into the train station. Oh no 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 no! I read that, but yeah. I was also thinking, Chekhov's oh, that's going to yeah, that was it, that was it. This was an entire film of like Chekhov's whatever object, yeah, yeah. and every time something came up, they set up all the things, yeah. and even like the fact that the little girl hit her wrist and then you know hid the matches in it and stuff I was yeah. like oh this is going to be a thing and then she called back the thing she's like mommy like get up like you have to get up and did yeah. the same thing back and I was like oh parallels my my, my brain was like making connections it's, it's very satisfying it's uh, very satisfying set, as a set up and pay off and like even simple ones there's just something yeah, and you're like, like oh, satisfying about yes. it. It's, it's kind of cheesy, but it's it's, still, no, no, it's no. just fun. But that's the thing. Sometimes when people do that in films and in 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 media generally, you sit there and you're like, oh, this is gonna happen next, isn't it? Oh, yeah, right. there it is, and you just kind of like, I knew that was going to happen. With this, I was like, oh, this is gonna happen, and then it did, and I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, something's gonna happen with this thing, and I've just got to wait for it now. Yeah. And then when it did happen, you were like, oh, yes. And that is why I think this is a good film because the payoff is satisfying and you're yeah, not like, oh, right. Jesus, this trope. The, the you're like, they doll, did the thing. The baby doll with the kerosene is one that um, I remember watching the first time. Yeah. And, like clocking, like, why is she looking at that? And and it, I didn't know what it was setting up. Um, mm. And what it was setting up was yeah. a surprise. I mm. distinctly remember that being a surprise the first time I saw it. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. I think she's, if she's got ca- like she she thought she, ahead she enough to know that like I might just need some kerosene later on. <laughs> well, it's like what have I got around me? I think it's that kind of like she's always looking around, like seeing what's around the her, and like her. trying to like get things. You yeah. know, it's 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 very much like improvisatory. Like I see a thing, I'm gonna grab this. This this is a useful thing that we might use later. Like she's yeah. just Dorothy exploring the whole <laughs> thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that was really really fun. Yeah, I mean, Gina Davis's character. Or possibly even characters mm. um, are, are obviously Sam the school teacher, but then also Charlie the 
government assassin who with bleached uh, blonde hair so we know and she's got nail polish so we know that she's edgy and yeah. cool and she smokes Ugh. yeah basically <laughs> yeah and i just really enjoyed is it sad that i dated her from this type of nail polish i dated the film <laughs> oh, right. through that for, sorry, for a second. oh wow this is mid 90s as soon as you saw the nail polish in the poster <laughs> yeah i mean i mean yes and you know the age of genie davis and everything but yeah in the in the dvd title i was like oh she's got silver metallic nail polish that's like late 90s immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no you, you called it absolutely because there was a shift in the 90s from like the bubblegum bright brights in the early 90s because mm. if you think like spice girls and like pop girl groups no no yeah. no no i'm going somewhere with this okay, okay. if you think about the way that they kind of like the kind of clothes that they put them in especially those pop groups like mm. girl groups and boy bands right mm. in the 90s early 90s a lot of it was like block colors brights and midway through the 90s heading towards the end everything went metallic mm. Everything went metallic. Mm. They were all wearing like metallic style puffer jackets and stuff. So it went very shiny. And it was like silvers and blues because we were heading towards the new millennium. So everybody Mm. suddenly went like, ooh, space age. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) I saw the nail polish and went, I know exactly when this is. I I mean, I'm glad Charlie was able to keep up with the trends despite having better suppressed memories. Because that was like eight years old stuff that she had set up in there. Yeah. So she's clearly ahead of the she's time. She's ahead of her time. She's well ahead. Well, I mean, like, early 90s, there was, like, quite goth with, like, the dark, like, the, the eye yeah, makeup. Yeah. That makes sense. The, the bleach blonde hair and the thick eye makeup. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the thin eyebrows. Like, that was, right. like, more early 90s. And then as you went along, it got more, like, buddy glitter. Mm. Again, metallics. I was I was a tween in the nineties. Can we tell? I was a tween girl in the nineties. I paid attention to like what people like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I really enjoyed Gina Davis in this film. She was great. I, I, and again, I feel like I've had a real Gina Davis education this year with seeing A League of Their Own and Thelma and Louise for the first. And time. now this. And now this. I've just sort of like she really made a career out of just playing like bitch and ladies. Just like I'm just gonna kick the shit out of people. Yeah. yeah. And I love that for her. Yeah, because she's this classically good-looking, like, mm. you know, she's a, she's 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 tall, mm-hmm. but like she's got the beautiful auburn hair, and like she's got the little beauty spot, mm. and you're like, oh, like she's so pretty, and then she's in this, just like, and like bleeding everywhere, and and, and I it's believe great. I believe them both. I believe both yeah. versions of that character, and yeah. that's just great ability for, from a performer, just mm. just to be able to do that. Um, and I also did not know how much I needed her to be partnered up with Samuel L. Jackson. For a yeah, time. right? Again, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I was kind of like, okay, a bit of an interesting like casting choice there. And then I was like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This uh, is so good. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson... Is Samuel L. Jackson. Is Samuel L. Jackson, but I, I don't know if there is an actor I enjoy seeing more playing that one archetype. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that yeah. Very, the, mm. the very Shane Black lines that he gets to deliver yeah i love the you'll make an ass out of you an umption line yeah <laughs> yeah it's always been one of my favorites he's very very good at delivering those kind of comedy lines yeah. he's very very good at that like he's always and acting that... surprised and yeah or, or pissed off for gina davis to be the straight guy and him to be yeah the reacting to it and he is so good and he's at like that. you yeah, mm. you're an assassin. Sure. Okay, whatever. And he's like, I believe you now. Like, oh shit. Yeah. And I, I really like the switch they go through as well. Where, yeah. Because she, she sort of only got, vaguely got these memories for a bit. Um, he, he starts out as the sort of 
the semi badass kind yeah. of character, and then as soon and as then she, she gets completely her, completely overtakes him, and he's just like, oh my yeah. god, out of his depth. That's great. Yeah, he's... but he just keeps going. He's like, well, I'm in this shit now. I might as well just keep going, I mm. guess. And yeah. he just rolls with it. Yeah, and I, 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 I love that. I really loved Samuel L. Jackson getting maybe the most Samuel L. Jackson line in in that opening scene with him. It feels as though like Shane Black just wrote that line specifically for him. The Which one? one? The um, if I can quote it, but in my own voice, <clears throat> I will see to it. You'll spend the next ten years in prison getting ass. And if the case is thrown out because my arrest was too violent, I will personally hire men to you for the next 10 years. So if you're an man, you go ahead and mouth off. Mm. That That's just, it's, it's, it's the perfect line for him. Like you can imagine Shane Black just watching Pulp Fiction and going, I'm going to hire him. I'm going to make him say these things because he, he just delivers that with such vigor. Yes, um, and then it's... and then the guy in the background is just like just like heaving just in the background as it. And I loved uh, it because it completely like undercut. Because initially he comes in and he says that line. You're like, oh, it's Sam Jackson. It's the guy from Pulp Fiction. Oh, he's so t-. wait that homeless looking man is throwing up behind him. And <laughs> and then the character of Mitch Hennessy is shown to be quite flawed. Yeah, yeah. but also still a bit of a badass. And it's it's beautifully balanced. And he's a bit of a shyster, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. He it's just, it, as I said in the film, it's just it's just Mitch and the very bad, no good day. Like he <laughs> yeah. just has the worst. Well, get, I like I like that. Like he gets the tiniest little arc because you get a scene with him and his son mm. and his wife at the start, and then you get a payoff for that at the end. And like yeah. that's all you get, but it's enough to give you that complete story. Again, and a really it's good like payoff. Really economical. A, yeah. Yeah. Really economical storytelling, and you don't need him to turn up and be like. Sucked in ex-wife. Ha 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 ha. I got like a tick from the president of the United States. It is interesting though that, mm. that Mitch um, doesn't really learn anything. Like he starts no. off as quite a shallow um, and sexist um, con man. And they end up, he ends up being <laughs> on- honoured because Larry King is on TV going, look at this great guy. And he, he, he then just tells the, the Frank and Ernest joke where it's like, if I can mm. be Frank and Ernest in New York and Frank and in Chicago and Ernest, he's learned nothing. He's, he's yeah. learned absolutely the, the, nothing. The only thing that he's done is he, he like, he comes back and saves the day at the end. Mm. Um, and he doesn't, he, yeah. he, he like, he, le- like, he yeah. learns to like put someone else before himself mm. i guess that's like oh god that's the slightest sliver of an yeah. of a character mm. act to have but you know and yeah i, I still really liked him as, as a character i feel like yeah. he i feel like at a certain point in this film this character just goes this might as well happen yeah. i'm in this now <laughs> mm. like i can't really leave because if i do i'm probably going to get hunted down by dudes with guns yeah mm. uh she's the most badass person in the room so i'm just gonna stick with her until she gets rid of me because <laughs> oh dear I think um, to go back briefly to the uh, ass line yes. <laughs> which is not something I thought I'd be saying on this podcast ever I think um, a few of the jokes like that in this if you would if, if, if somebody was like putting this together now I don't know that that would be in here I'm not so sure I, yeah I, I, I think it would very much depend so, some because of the, I, well, I feel like some of it would be uh, I think people would be a little bit upset about prison rape jokes in a contemporary film. I, d- I definitely think... Uh, unless it was a film that, that was... Changed. Yeah. Mm. Un- unless it was something that was really 
pushing that specific type of humor like really really or hard character yeah point. see i don't think they push it really it. hard in this and like i was watching mm. it and there were a couple of things that they said and i kind of went yep it's the 90s and like they were still you know like a, a, a lot a lot of the stuff that they were coming out with like the bit where she's like oh like you know da 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 i'll like i'll just go like get wrecked and it was like oh shit okay brilliant i was like i don't think that somebody would put that in a script now yeah it's yeah it's very like of its era potentially Shane, Shane Black might have still written it today. Yeah. But whether it, it actually got whether it into made a it thing. all the way through yeah. to, to the end product, I highly doubt. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. Mm. I certainly and that's so. something that I did think of when I was watching it. Because much in all else, I was like, that's a brilliant line, brilliantly delivered. Or like, oh, yep, I understand why they're making that reference. A few times I was like, oh, you wouldn't be. I don't know that you'd be able to do this today. I think it stands as it is in its own context and looking back and like oh yeah okay okay mm. but yeah i don't think you could do some of those jokes today not in the same way certainly no, people I, would I be real do, mad i still do appreciate the way that um the that gina davis kind of doesn't chastise but uh, just handles um samuel l jackson ogling the runner mm. yeah the runner on the road yeah and that that feels wonderfully observed um of of mid nineties way females ha- had to handle sexes like casual sexism, oh yeah, microaggressions like that. Okay, like yeah, just, she's just like she she she's she, like oh she I bet points I, it out I, and bet, acknowledges I, it. I, I bet but, this lady just loves that. Like yeah. I was getting in my car the other day, I was literally getting into my car which was on the road and somebody drove past and bipped at me and was like Woo-hoo! I'm like I'm getting into my car. <laughs> what the f- but that but that's the thing like this yeah. is this is still endemic it's terrifying it doesn't happen to me as much now that i don't catch public transport yeah. because when i used to be waiting for buses if i was standing on a roadside and this happens to a lot of people that i know who catch public transport like women specifically if they are standing on the side of the road at a bus doesn't matter what they're wearing they could be wearing like neck to ankle full like to wrist covered like prairie dress and some dude will drive past and go, da, 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 nice tits. Like, I was watching that like, oh, nothing's changed. Yeah. Wow. This still f-ing happens. I feel like the only difference is that in a film that was made 25 years ago, that character is who we're rooting for. Uh, yeah. oh. I, 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 I <laughs> think that's God. the thing for me that looked like it was the most aged. Not that a, a, a man objectified a woman in that way, mm. but that that character was one of two characters that we are really rooting for in this film. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. That that for me was the thing that rung the most sort of like jarring. I guess that this film is twenty five years old. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's it's still largely it's very it, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, a, it's yeah. a cracker film. It's pacey. It like it's it doesn't pacey. waste time. It's fun. And it 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 goes. It, I feel like the fun kind of real, like it's really well structured. I think. Mm. Yeah. I think I think the fun kind of it doesn't exactly like outweigh the fact that there's elements that i'm like oh that's okay mm. but it's kind of like yeah i can i can i can deal with this because yeah. the rest well, of it is really fun to watch mm. and it, i'm kind of like aware that like yeah. oh that's a bad it thing, was interesting okay. watching you guys watch it and yeah. especially early on the the question of tone mm. yeah that like came what up. is happening like what <laughs> what is the tone of this because because there is the 
the opening title sequence, which seems very serious and very 80s music. And then there's yeah, happy, very happy, noir as well, super yeah. happy Christmas opening. And then yeah. really, really dark torture scene. And then back to happy Christmas. And mm. like, you're like, mm. you but guys are like, what is the tone of this? What's they, going on? Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's Shane Black tone. It's like, it's both of them. But that's really, the thing. I think they kind of, and thinking back now on the title sequence, they, they kind of foreshadow that quite beautifully because they've got all of the, like Christmas and home things, um, the images of them then juxtaposed with like the baubles with the hand grenades yeah. and the lipsticks cartridges with the bullets, with the bullets yeah. and all those kind of things. So they're finding these visual similarities between the two of them. And of course that then uh, m- mirrors the fact that she's got like, you know, her retrograde amnesia. She's got her, her memories of who she was and then who she is now. And it's like, how are we going to reconcile these? And, you know, and yeah, lo- a lot of the reverse opposite colored right, yeah. and, and oh, what's it called? Like they do the, Invert. yeah, yeah. They've inverted the colors on some of those ones in the thing as well. So right from the get go, they're showing you in the visual language of the film. They're like, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a flip side to this coin. Yeah. And they just keep spinning it. Mm. I, 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 yeah. I feel like so many other films would offer up, feel like, they have to offer up an action sequence or, a, or some kind of mm. dark drama at the start um, straight off the bat instead of opening with like the happy Christmas banner and, and a parade and mm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I really like that this doesn't do that. Mm. Um, that be, like so many s- studios nowadays get panicked that, people will think they've walked into the wrong cinema or they're watching the wrong thing on streaming and they'll turn mm. it off after 20 minutes if mm. if there's no promise of what what's to come, what's like, what, to what come. it actually will end up being. Um, and I like that this kind of takes its time to yeah. set it up. Well, it doesn't really take that much time, well, but it like... Yeah, because they sort of be like, here's the Christmas parade, here's all the good stuff, da-da-da. And then they've got her being like, here is my voiceover, here is my tragic backstory. Yeah. I don't know who I am. I've got lots of scars. I don't know why. And it's like, oh, okay, I can mm. see where this is going. Yeah. I can see where this is going. Mm. Um, Brian Cox is in this film. He Brian is. Cox is in this film, and I f- forgot—I don't know how I could have forgotten that Brian Cox was in this film, but mm. I did. And so when I saw his name, I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, Brian Cox is in this film." Yeah, very good. Cox. Yeah, doing his uh, best audition for Finding Forrester. Uh, he was—he <laughs> was very, very good for the short time he was in this film. Um, he's, he's just a joy to watch. Uh, the thing that surprises me is. Um, when when they made this film, he was not as old as he appears. Uh, but as you were saying, Robert, he, he's always had a bit of an old I, face. I've I seen him as Hannibal Lecter in Mindhunter, and he looks the same age as he does now. Like, he's yeah. just always had white hair. He's just one of those guys that seems to always be old. To he's me. been in his 60s for 40 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys. In- incredibly, I had a quick look. Um, he is only... Two and a half years older than Samuel L. Jackson. Wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Man, Samuel L. Jackson looks good. Samuel L. Jackson is about age. to turn seventy-three. Brian Cox is currently seventy-five. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is looking good for his age. God damn. Yeah, yeah. Because in this holy film, crap. Yeah, because in this film he's well, in, in his early forties. In in some films they make him look old and haggard oh, yeah. and so, like i just think of him in black snake moan where they've like grayed out his hair and mm. and he's 
will mm. kind of wither away. Mm. And, and then in some films, and then, younger, like and then Captain Marvel. He's on snakes on a plane mode, and he's mm. just like kicking, kicking the shit kicking out of people. Mm. That's awesome. something I enjoyed about this film is the fact that when people got like stabbed or shot or like injured or whatever, like they might like kind of work through the injury to an extent, but they always had a bit of time to be like, "I'm going into shock and I'm in a lot of pain." Ow. Well, that's. That's something that, that nice. that's something that um, I feel like Shane Black really has mm. uh, a lot to do with in all of the '90s movies, especially with like Die Hard, because um, yeah, what what he started with Lethal Weapon and and something that he likes doing is really hurting yeah. his main oh, characters. Yeah. Mm. He really Big likes time. to put them through the ringer because it makes the audience root for them more yeah. the more they get beat up. But rather than having like, okay, we're going to try one more time, you have to get up, and having the really like extreme close-up and the dramatic music swell and the I'm getting up scene, mm. which all movies seem to do now. <laughs> Look, you know exactly what I'm talking about, though. It's like, you have to get up. You have to. You have to. And they just... And rise up from the depths, and you're like, okay, we get does it. this have to be so dramatic? Mm. This was much more understated, and yeah. I liked that. Mm. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I would also like to have a quick chat about Craig uh, Bierko, who plays yeah. Timothy. Oh, that guy. I don't know that I've disliked a baddie more. He did that so well. He was such he's, a piece of shit. He's great. He's, he's played bad guys before as well, but yeah. He... <laughs> And he's played, and he's played like good guys and love interests as well. Mm. <laughs> he's yeah. a charming guy. He's it, just well, that's the thing. Like you, that's you, the thing. Felt like he's, you look at he him and you're it, like, yeah. I buy the fact that yeah. you would be a piece of shit and yeah, would yeah. be like a murderer and stuff. But I could see also why people think that you could be like charming as well. Like yeah, yeah I'm like, I can see see why you might have slept together in the past. Like yeah, totally. it's like I can understand. I feel like this is somebody who could be very charming if he wanted to be. But it just <laughs> weirds me out that. He was the actor they picked when they did the American version of Red Dwarf yeah. to play Dave Lister. <laughs> he and Craig He's Charles are not pretty. the same people. No. He and Craig Charles are not the same people. No. Why are you hiring him? That is that is very odd. I yeah. mean, look, that's just American remakes of a lot of things. Like the American remake of Kath and Kim. You look at who they cast in that and you're like, no, you just don't fundamentally understand what these characters and this show is about. No. They're too pretty and they're too skinny. That is not the point of these characters. America, why? Stop remaking our stuff. <laughs> As a Christmas film. Yeah. Um, and we'll start with you, Ellen, as this was your first time watching. Sure. Do you think this, this counts as a Christmas film? Well, I mean, it's set at Christmas mm-hmm. and Christmas kind of exists as a beautiful counterpoint to all of the violence. And I think it balances that better. Like there's more Christmassiness to this than there was with Die Hard because that's another Christmas film that... Um, I did as a film that I hadn't seen on this podcast a couple of years ago. Mm. And everyone was like, is it a Christmas film? Is it not? I'm like, it said at Christmas. I don't remember what I said. I, I'm prob- I think I probably said, yes, I guess Die Hard is a Christmas film. Mm. Um, I think this is probably arguably more Christmassy. I don't know that you could... I don't know that... <laughs> I don't know if you'd gotten somebody like Nicola on this, um, mm. who was our resident Christmas fairy right. queen. <laughs> person she's always on at least one of the christmas films Mm. she's like a little christmas fairy she's delightful (laughs) um i don't think that she would consider this a very christmassy film no i i I suppose it's interesting (laughs) rob that that christmas doesn't really affect the plot so much not as much as it 
does. Oh, mm. Well, I mean, I mean, in Die Hard, it does, yeah. but it, it's the instigation for the plot, and that is, and I f- yeah, literally. I feel, but I feel like in this film, it is as well because she's Mrs. Claus in the yeah. in the but in that's the just kind of like where she gets catcalled. It happens more than once. Yeah, sorry, just... and she throws stuff at them because she's mm. like. Piss oh, off. they're so lucky she didn't have her memories back. She just knifed them all in the throat. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, she, she, yeah, so that's the instigator for One-Eyed Jack, uh, despite his uh, terrible depth perception being able to tell that... Uh, and looking through like a literal case. Yeah, and, and getting a doll as a present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, but um, yeah, it's. It, I feel like it does a similar thing in this work. It's the instigator and it does inform... You know, the fact we're going to blow up this town with the Christmas parade to make the uh, look like a terrorist plot. So, like, Christmas is important, but I don't know that it's what this film is about. No. Mm, uh, no, well, no it, it's, it's the setting. It's, mm. I don't think, I don't think it, it is as relevant to theme. Mm. Yeah. But, um, this, I mean, and I, and this, I this might argue that, that, that Die Hard, uh, the, the whole family coming together mm. for christmas time yeah is more important is, in Die is Hard more than important this one. but in in this one it's her coming to terms with the two parts of herself it's like her finding herself even though it does end at the very end you cannot deny that it doesn't end with a family unit being together yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Like goats and all in white with goats in a field like yeah it's, it's and like, her wine between her toes yeah good on her but yeah, I was just like, it's 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 something that's been done uh, quite a few times. But like again and again, that idea of like you've got this, and it's it's usually like, it's 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 a female character, it's a woman who goes off and has this has had this huge trauma, and then is like, I'm going to go and have the family now and not be traumatized anymore because mm-hmm. that's what they did at the end of spoilers, excuse me, um, Hunger Games, and I was like. Eh, that wasn't very satisfying for me. This, though, I was like, yeah, I feel like she's earned this. What yeah. I think is interesting is Die Hard, without the context of the other films, ends sort of the same way. It's implied that um, John McClane and Holly are getting back together. And then, obviously, in the subsequent films, you learn that it didn't work out, yeah. as it shouldn't, because <laughs> they're not good for each yeah. other. But, yeah, I think it's quite interesting that... that well, in this case, yeah. this is more of a Christmas movie, because they... They do end up together. Yeah. I do like, love her. I do love her she, himbo boyfriend, who's just like, oh honey, will, like don't really stab not, people with it's, knives. It's not about the the romantic relationship between no, them. It's, it's not. about her relationship with herself and, and her the idea her of motherhood well. and, yeah. and her daughter. Mm. Yeah, um, and, and he's just kind of like, I'm here. He's and just then, there. He's just there as the boy toy. <laughs> more or less, yeah. like he's just the arm candy. More or less, he's like, I'll look after the kid. While I love you're not that here. they found. They managed to find like three guys. Uh, including him to go against Gina Davis that all must be the tallest guys ever <laughs> because they all they're all standing like just a little bit higher than Gina Davis mm. because Gina Davis is very tall she is she's tall. a tall lady uh, one other thing I really liked uh, when, we, when it comes to the romance in this uh, although I don't know it really counts as romance and more as lust mm. is when Charlie hits on Mitch yeah. And yeah. Mitch and he's like, rejects her. Yeah. Because he can see what this is. Like, yeah. yeah. He's I, like, oh, this is a thing. And she's like, no, it isn't. Yeah. It, it, he's it, like, I see through you. Yeah. I thought that was so well done where, and like, and sort of like, maybe the, he's learning something part of the film where he, he could. It's much better because the lazy yeah. filmmaker option and something that I think a lot of people do now, they're like, well, we'll just let them like, because people like it when yeah. people on film and it's like but i really like that he, 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 he had like, enough about him 
yeah. or enough about the situation to go, yeah. you're using me. You're using me for sex to end something that you don't like about this fake life, in quotation marks, yeah. that you've built. And also and she was just about to use him as bait. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Just just had a whole conversation about how you distract someone before you make them hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, it also makes like, sense. Oh, like we were saying, like, he's, 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 a, he's a shyster. Like, he yeah. knows. Like, he was mm. probably like, mm, yeah. I've done this before. I, I know. Yeah. I know. It, so that makes sense for so his character, for him to be suspicious and be like, hmm. Mm. But also, like, the... the like his his motives, I I don't think can really be questioned at that point because I feel like even the Mitch we saw at the start of the film would have totally slept with yeah. Charlie. Mm. But once he got to like once he knew the situation and saw like the, the yeah. torn photograph and stuff, I think maybe that's why even though he has a lot of behaviors which in uh, today's world are problematic and in the world twenty five years ago oh, were problematic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is ultimately that he is a person who tries to be good um when he thinks it counts yeah yeah i think like because his reasons for for being in jail and his little backstory there about Mm. him yeah stealing and he's like yeah and he's like yeah and uh like like he's he's doing he's out for himself Mm. and he's not considering others and i think that's why him putting himself uh, out there to help others yeah. a bit more selflessly. That is like... And also, that's... and also the fact that he's like, you know, he's got a kid. Yeah. So he's kind of also looking at her and being like, like, that's your kid. You're going to make yeah. the same mistakes I'm making. Yeah, exactly. He, he, like his kid doubts that he didn't steal all the presents he got him. Yeah. Like, yeah, which and is he's kind like, of heartbreaking. And he's like, God damn. So, yeah, I think that's a really nice kind of parallel mm. to the two of them being being parents as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's mm. kind of... They're sort of seeing each other in each other. They're, they're like a really interesting mirror for each other. Mm. Mm. This is a fascinating film. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> yeah. really good. I, I guess, like, that point isn't really hit on very hard, but mm. it's there. Yeah. yeah it's and, there. But that's the thing. All those little things kind of add up and make it into, like, a really interesting, like, textured, layered movie. So it's oh, not just... just wish... It's not just big guns and things go boom. Like, that's not all this film is. There's actually, like, genuine character shit in here. Yeah. Which you don't always get in action films and what? definitely don't get in a lot of action films now. What What watching this and thinking about modern day action films and superhero films and, oh, and things like that is I, I think about how like like we said it doesn't hit these beats hard but they're there yeah and that's enough yeah and they don't in these, hit you over in, the head with them i feel like these days um they either hit them too hard or yeah. they spend too long on them yeah and like this is feels like the right length of time for this movie to run i don't yeah. know what the runtime is but so many films i watch feel like they go on forever and they didn't need mm. to or like they they could have been more economical and this mm. feels like it gives you just enough it's there yeah. you can read into it if you want to yeah, yeah and they're, it, they're longer than they are interesting sometimes yeah exactly. and, and this is and this reads as more real and less theatrical i feel like a mm. lot of films now are just like overtly theatrical and they really try and push those emotional beats really hard like we gotta make the emotion we gotta make people feel something and, on, and it's like you the, don't need to on the flip side of that you don't need to is uh on the flip side of the emotional uh yeah 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 side of that the the action side of it which is uh quite big and bombastic i feel yeah. like 
what happened with all of the kind of spy and CIA type type movies is TV they shows. they got they got more formulaic gritty and realistic oh, and they yeah. shied like they would never blow up a grenade and have people fly out a window yeah. in mm. like a the born identity like mm. you know it would be covert little mm. shots and and quick fist fights and like running gun gritty stuff that was more grounded uh, yeah uh, this is like that beautiful sweet spot of like up close blockbustery action big stuff and but not like not CGI superhero mm. ridiculousness. Yeah. But at the same time being a, a more Where they actually story. look like they're not actually on gravity, whereas it's like, yeah. oh yeah, just... Mm. I think it's quite telling that this film was made pre-9-11. I think that's... Oh, yeah. When it, when it yeah, comes man. to like action films, like a, a, a lot of action films at this time... And just terrorists being... Yeah. The, well, always well, being the just baddies plot was 9-11. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's not forget, he says... Well, we can't fake killing four thousand people, so we're gonna have to do it for real. But they just used a truck in Christmas Town, and then and then he just drops in, and we'll just blame the Muslims. I'm like, oh yeah. no! Yeah. And he no. he literally says like, yeah, like you know the the World Trade Center bombing. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. was us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh. Which I mean, there was. I mean, now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There was one in the nineties. Mm. And and that's that's also the thing is you know I don't necessarily subscribe to certain conspiracy theories about um jet fuel and steel beams or whatever oh, it God. is but but it, it it does hit quite differently that i love the fact and yeah. I, I i love the fact that they're like we're gonna kill us like a bunch of people so that the government will give us money for our thing i was like oh america i would believe that of you <laughs> yeah. healthcare i'm like yep i would i would i pay that i pay I, that. I always think that the Fuck. hardest thing to break when you're trying to write a mystery or a, mm. a detective thing is the, the kind of the MacGuffin, the, the, the thing that is driving everything, but is really not important. And, yeah. and in this case, that is what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, Oh, that's a, that's a big swing. Well, yeah. I like but, I, but that's the thing. I'm like, I believe that. Yeah. I, I pay that. I would pay that. But to a nineties audience. Yeah. That seems... They would have been like... Fanciful, almost. Like, like real, but fanciful. Whereas nowadays, I think a lot more people would be... Wouldn't be surprised by what? Yeah, it's like... The CIA operating against their own things. the first time they've done it. Yeah. Like, like, I feel as though there's less trust in those institutions 25 years on. Oh, yeah. With potentially good reason. Um, And and because of that, I I don't think you're going to get scripts where that is as big a... A reveal. A shock. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it wouldn't be the MacGuffin. Like, yeah. <laughs> it'd be, they'd have something else. It'd be yeah. like, no, it's aliens. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. they'd go one more level of, like, we're going to yeah. go full ridiculous because that's the only way to do this. Mm. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about The Long Kiss Goodnight? Oh, I'd love yes, some trivia. Okay. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. We're going to begin with uh, a 2019 interview on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon in which Samuel L. Jackson listed Mitch as his favourite role. You know what? He looked like he was having a ball. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. He get, he gets to do a lot. He gets to do, like, little little dramatic scenes, family stuff, drama, comedy, mm. um, action. Mm. He gets to do bleed out all over the place and a bunch of funny lines. Mm. Like, it's a, that's a gets fun role. Gets to shoot role. a bunch of guns. Mm. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, Gina Davis flashes him at one point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, he, he, I'm not surprised that, that that Mitch role 
is tremendously fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he gets blown through a sign. <laughs> he does. Like Tied to a chair. <laughs> Into a tree. Yeah. And on At the convenient... Salt Lake Hotel. <laughs> the Deer Lake Hotel. Sorry. Excuse me. Gina Davis and her then husband, the director, Rennie Harlan, checked how long she could hold her breath in their bathtub in preparation for the water torture scene. Kinky. Mm. <laughs> yep. He's like, well, That's we all I it. have to say about yeah. that. I'm done. We did it in the bathtub, so doing it in this position, tied mm. to a thing, that's it's going to be exactly the same. Mm. Yes. I, live, I live in fear of being put in a film where they make me do something underwater because I'm shit at holding my breath underwater and I'm bad at being in water. Mm. Don't, so. don't do a James Cameron film. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh my God. Screenwriter Shane Black sold the script for this movie with the intention of Rennie Harlan directing it and Gina Davis starring in it. Uh, Harlan then told him he and Davis were contractually bound to make Cutthroat Island, um, which became one of the biggest box office bombs of the decade. Uh, Black later stated that this may have caused bad advertisement that worked against this movie as well. Ooh. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because this, this is really good. This came after. One year after, yeah. Yeah. I've not seen Cutthroat Island, Rob. But I, 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 don't, understand you I don't think it's a terrible film. Mm. I don't. It's not a great film. <laughs> but it's, it's, enjo- a film. it's an enjoyable watch. There's some cool action in it. There's mm. some like big scale action in it, too. Mm. Um, uh, Shane Black became the first writer to sell a script for $4 million. Damn. He later admitted that this caused a lot of envy amongst his fellow screenwriters, caused- as well as accusations of commercialism. Uh, cue someone handing me a Budweiser and leaving it on the table very pointedly. <laughs> he voluntarily retired from the blockbuster industry for almost a decade as a result. Yeah, I I've I love that. remember reading oh, about sorry. this. Films are just too commercial. Oh, what f- industry are you living in? Mm. Yeah, but he, he was like the... The, the it boy yeah. in Hollywood and he the the amount of scripts that he's like touched up or had like uncredited rewrites mm-hmm. for and he must have been raking it in mm. he's um, very much the Carrie just, Fisher of the I just sat there culture. very quietly <laughs> yeah. and doing his thing good on him yeah, yeah. good on him like, yeah he, he was commercial um, because what he made mm. became what was commercial mm. <laughs> like the, the, he wrote what I'm sorry that I was on trend guys like what do you want me to say sorry I knew the metallic nail polish was going to be a thing guys yeah goddamn. <laughs> one um, of the movie's original locations was a historic grand hotel in Muskoka Ontario the 100 year old Windermere house during filming the hotel caught fire and burnt to the ground the heat from the film lights were initially blamed for causing the blaze oh shit but it was never proven that the lights started the fire this is not the hotel that we see get blown up and destroyed. That was one they were allowed to destroy. <laughs> this was a different hotel. But... I love the fact that there are just hotels in Canada that are just ripe for blowing up. Well, I mean, then, they're made apparently. of wood. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... Yeah, but they're expensive. I feel like it was just, it was like, we can get it on an insurance claim, buddy. Like, let's just, just blow the shit out of it. Let's go. Ah, the 90s. <laughs> oh, look. It was mm. a time. Mm. The license plate RFK575 is the license plate used in the film for the dead terrorist car. It is also the license plate used by Derek Zoolander's roommate in Zoolander. (laughs) As a reference to this film? I don't know. It just tickled me. Uh, It's also used on a car in Final Destination from 2000. But but yes, the RFK (laughs) license plate. uh, It's just sitting in a prop vault somewhere and they're like... 
we need a license plate. Will this one do? Well, all right. I, well, I think it just means that these. They all the, exist in the same Our department universe. has this one and it's like registered for, for their productions. <laughs> they just yeah, no, roll I, it I, out when they need. I think it just means that, that Zoolander and The Long Kiss Goodnight are in the same, in the same universe. universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When, uh, when did Zoolander come out? 2001. Could have sold the car off, could have even just sold the plates off. Really good example of, again, shiny metallic things. <laughs> mm, it got really big, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Look at that, look that shit up. Yeah. During development, New Line Cinema considered turning the lead character into a male, because of course they did. Um, the actors that were considered suitable replacements, if the film had gone this way... For Gina Davis? Were, for Gina Davis, yes. <laughs> were Steven Seagal or Sylvester Stallone. I don't know either of them would have had as much oh. chemistry as Samuel L. Jackson. No. I don't know. Them like making out with Samuel L. Jackson could have been fun. True. But no, uh, I'm, I'm glad that one didn't happen. <sighs> Women can't do action films. Here's your proof. Go on, Eugenie yeah. Davis. Trailblazer. Yeah. And finally, during filming, Gina Davis was married to Rennie Harlan, as we've said before. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson had previously appeared in Jurassic Park opposite Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, uh, who were also later romantically involved. The fun thing is, Laura Dern had previously dated Harlan while Goldblum had been married to Gina Davis. I just feel as though Samuel Life L. Jackson... swap! Samuel L. Jackson... Is that after the fly? Oh, God. Yeah. I feel as though Samuel L. Jackson is just, why are there all these motherfucking relationships in my motherfucking films? <laughs> Showmances, they'll do that. Goddamn. That's, yeah, yeah Hollywood. Showmances never work out. Oh, that's that's awkward, darling. That is awkward. We 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 are technically a showman's. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been together for eight years, yeah, and married. He, for... I mean, we should listen to what? him. He's the 2004 Snogathon champion. That's a good point. He knows love. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, fair, we were friends before we got together. That's true. on that show. That's true. Well, that doesn't count then, doesn't it? No, no. no a showman's. A showman's is when you like meet somebody on a show and you like. It's like <clears> your scene partner, and then I mean, like someone. I mean, that's more or less what it was. But we'd been friends for two years previous to that. So it's not mm. like we were complete strangers. I feel strangers. like that's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad. So we're not a showman, Steve, right, it's right, okay. Right to the to the podcast, right? Right to the um, Facebook page and please yeah. let us know your thoughts. Yeah, let us know. Showman's rules. Is it's... our marriage a sham? Please let us know. <laughs> it's a, it's complex. It was, it was a complex beginning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> so, all that remains is for us to score this film. Yeah. Ellen, you get to go first. What okay. would you give it out of 10? Eight big-ass explosions out of ten. I really enjoyed watching this film. I was really enjoying all those narrative beats that they were hitting. I was like, they're going to do the thing. They've done the thing. Like, it had great payoffs. Got a couple of, like, minor quibbles about, like, a couple of jokes. But, like, that's about it. I think it's shot really well. There's a lot of cool stuff. It's, yeah, it's just all really well set up. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. What about yourself, Rob? I'm going to give this eight kerosene-filled baby dolls <laughs> out of 10 mm. yeah really fun uh i it, it does make me nostalgic for for the 90s for that that time period um those kind of action films those kind of action films they're fun um and and just that that shane black patented shane black dialogue good stuff mm. yeah for me I'm going to complete this this trifactor of, of eights. Uh, it, it's Solid getting eight. 
yeah, it, it's yeah, a classic so. eight out of ten film for me. It's probably eight um, dogs licking their own bum for three hours <laughs> yeah, uh, out of was... ten. Now that was a funny joke. Yeah. It, it has either completed what it has done, or it has found something that it should be bored with by now. Whatever that line. Whatever was. the line was, <laughs> it was yeah. Just... It was like it's either it's mm. it, yeah, it's either cleaned it out or it's not moving. Yes. <laughs> it's not being cleaned out. So yeah, but, but, but I mean, this this is a, a classic eight out of ten film. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. to enjoy, mm. um, and also it's it's festive for the holiday season. So uh, get on it, everybody. Give it give it a watch. Uh, the long kiss, good night. Um, tremendous fun, uh, Rob and Ellen. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. We have one more Christmas film to come. What will it be? Will it be more Christmassy than the long kiss, good night? You'll have to subscribe to find out. How do I subscribe, I hear you ask? Well, search for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, those places, and hit the subscribe or follow button. You'll get the episode in your little podcast-catching nest, I guess. Like you, a little egg. Yes. We'll drop a little egg, and you can watch it hatch into audio entertainment. Uh, we're also available on Patreon, where you can get bonus uh, goodies, uh, little bonus extra Eggs. I don't know why this has turned into an ornithological. Uh, it's eggs. It's eggs. Presents Ooh. or something. Maybe I don't know. It's Maybe it's not Easter, Stephen. You've got the wrong holiday. <laughs> oh. uh, presents, yes. little presents. Okay, you'll find a drop little, down your chimney. You'll find a little present drop down your little chimney if you give us a little bit of cash over at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash ctuc podcast. And finally, there is our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook and you can get news and information there. But that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Chefs do that. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.